Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited because today we are going to be chatting with one of my very favorite people and I get to introduce him to you. And his name is Alexander Gonzalez. He is a social audio influencer, a ketopreneur, and a paid public speaker. He is a husband and a father of two. His past trauma and abuse were holding him back until he made the decision to step into his power and transform his health. His life changed forever after he lost 84 pounds, discovered self-love, and finally found his purpose. Alexander is dedicating his life to helping others work through the same life-changing transformation. And as a keto, as a successful ketopreneur, he leads a team and has built a $6 million plus business. His superpower is helping others step into their greatness, which is amazing because he definitely knows how to do that himself. And as a social audio influencer, Alexander lifts up those he connects with through Clubhouse, rising the spirits and the vibrations every single time he walks into the room. I have a pleasure of hosting some things with him. And so I am so grateful he's joining us today. And I'm excited that you get to meet him today. So please welcome my good friend, Alexander. What's up? What is up, friend? Thank you so much for kissing my booty for taking so long to get me on this podcast. So I love that intro. I'll take all the, she's just softening me up for this podcast. So I'm here for it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. So it's so funny because Alexander and I, we've been friends now for, for, I mean, I don't even know how long, not that long, but long enough. And we he's been teasing me because I kept telling him, you need to be on the podcast. You need to be on the podcast. And we finally made it happen after Woo-hoo. multiple times. And two things. One, you know, save the best. You got to save the best. And number two, it's 2-22-22, the on day we're Tuesday. recording this. On a and Tuesday. it's your second YouTube podcast. <gasps> The, uh, the twos are all over, girl. The twos oh. are, and you already know. And we're saying this in the second minute of your podcast. So, like, if you look at the top, so twos are all over. Two, 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 all over the place. So I feel like you know it's meant to be, right? Agreed, a hundred percent agreed. That's how I look at it. So, all right, Alexander, you are such a powerhouse entrepreneur. You're such a powerhouse influencer. You're just this like lover of people and connecting and like everything, like all the things. And you say that your superpower is to help people step into their greatness. I want to hear from you. Why is that so important to you? And then I want to dig into how you do that for people. Okay. I love this question so much. And this might be my favorite question I've ever been asked. And this is truth because this is something no one's ever asked. And I feel like this is the type of stuff I'd want to know. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. so this is the thing is I'm a believer. So like, just put it out there. Like I believe in God. I identify as a Christian. I'm also very much into spirituality. Uh, now I don't judge. And I believe that there are different paths that lead to the same end. And you have to do what's right for you in your life. And however you're convicted, I'm convicted in that way. I have been told for basically my entire life that I'm intuitive or I have the gift of discernment or depending on your belief system, different things. I even had someone come up to me and say that they can feel that I have Reiki in my hands. I don't know 
what I believe in all this stuff. I don't know. All I know is this, is that when I see people, I'm able to see past the facade. I'm able to see into them very quickly. And I don't even have to physically be looking at them. I could be having a conversation. And in that conversation, somehow to me is revealed. I think it's a gift of discernment. That's what I call it. I, I can feel their hurt. I can fear their joy. And I can, and I feel comfortable enough calling it out. You know, even case in point, you have been someone who has been on the receiving end of being on the hot seat of with me and, and, and sometimes pulling out that greatness, isn't just building them up and telling them you got this, you're amazing, which is awesome. I am one of the greatest cheerleaders you'll ever have in your life. And I'm going to make so many deposits because I also know that to get into your greatness, I may have to make a withdrawal. And when I'm going to make that withdrawal, I'm going to make it a good one. And so, for example, if you're cool, me being open, you know, we were talking about you and how you sometimes diminish all the incredible things that you do, right? I had to tap into that and say, stop that. That's not okay. Now, am I being a, a, a tough coach that's heart wrenching and making you cry? Absolutely not. But am I showing tough love? Yes. And so the reason I say it's my superpower is I see the greatness in others and I'm not afraid to call to that greatness. A lot of people feel that when you call to the greatness in someone else, that it might diminish the greatness within yourself or other people won't think you're as great. But the reality to me, when I am able to call the greatness out in you or anyone that's around me, I'm only amplifying the greatness within me. And so really mm -hmm. it's a superpower that gives back and forth to each other. Ah, oh, that's so, it's so beautiful. Now, I, I've seen you do it and it is awesome because I think so often people, you know, we want so, especially if you're around a lot of uh, people who are very supportive of one another, we love the doing the lifting each other up, but you do call people out in a way that you can feel the love, but also, you know, it's like a push for them. So kind of to go back a little bit, I see, I see the passion you have for it, but what is that like super internal that, cause you do it so wholeheartedly. Like, why do you feel the need to do this for people? Like you, you don't have to open your mic. You don't have to call people out. You don't have to do any of these things and you do it time and time again. And you can feel that it's like, you're meant to do it. So mm. where does that come from? You're like, whoo touching my heart with all this. Cause I really, I feel swear to God, Kate, I feel exactly the same way. I feel every single time that I unmute and I get to do that. I I'm literally stepping into my genius. I'm stepping into the power that God put me on this earth to really share with others. And the reason that I do it is because first off, it's almost like <laughs> this is a horrible, it's almost like a twitch. You know, you think about someone with Tourette. So I have a master's in psychology. Tourette's is an abnormal psychological disorder, right? A lot of people think that when these people are having these twitches and they're making these things that they are, oh, they're faking it. They're really, they're not. They're in their mind. Their mind is saying, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this so obsessively that if they don't do it, it's not going to stop. So they sometimes have to do their twitch. Some of the twitches are actually involuntary. For me, it's like that. I sit there and in my mind, it's like, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. And as a, as a young man, really as a kid, my mom told me, Alex, you have the gift of gab. And that gift is a two-edged sword. You can either use it to edify people or you can use it to tear down. 
unfortunately, I did use it to tear down. I use it to tear down in in the hopes of being cooler, of looking right in the right crowd, of of you know making all these things happen that I thought it had to be a certain way. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I realized actually using this gift to edify people, to see their greatness and call to that greatness and let that greatness be known sometimes even to them, but every time to everyone around that I'm stepping in my genius and it goes so much, it takes me so much further and it brings me so much more joy. When I use the, the other edge of that sword and I tear down somebody or I get in my anger and I react instead of respond and I, and I misbehave, if you will, with my words, it feels incongruent and unaligned. But when I'm in a place where I'm calling to the power within someone else and letting them realize, it's when I feel the most aligned. So I have to. It's like it's like a sound in my nose. If I, I, I have to live in that purpose. Otherwise, I'm not living in me. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I think so many people want to get there. They want that feeling of purpose. They don't have that p- purpose for their life. They don't have that thing that that calls them so deeply that they feel like they're like, I can't not do this, right? Like that's what I love about when we talk about anything in your life, your creativity, your, your work, whatever you choose to do. We want that feeling of like, I love it so much. I can't not do it. What do you share with people who are in this place of kind of, you know, you went through your own transformation. When you see people struggling, what is kind of the route that you take with them to help them kind of find their purpose and find their passion in life? That's such a great question. And it comes down to first and foremost, Simon Sinek. I mean, there's no one who teaches it better. You can literally send someone a five minute YouTube video. I'm sure everyone has seen it. You know, the whole, you know, about your why with Simon Sinek. I, I, I learned from him and I ask questions. And one of the main questions is why? When you ask someone what their purpose is, I, be, I believe it's Simon who says you should ask why four more times. And mm. I do just that. And sometimes I ask 10 more times. And the reality is that we have knee-jerk reactions to those questions. What's your purpose? What's your why? What's driving you? And it's very easy, especially for parents to say, my family, my kids, my drive. Well, when I lived off of that purpose and that drive, which you know me, being a father is my favorite thing in the world, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to just say that my kids were my why, because they were my why. I wake up to do everything for them, but that's not what gets me out of bed. It's not enough. And so when someone did to me, what I now get to replicate and multiply in others is they kept drilling down the why. They allowed me to figure out that my true why isn't just my kids, but actually my why is a little bit more tied to leaving a legacy so strong that generations to come, my great, 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 great grandkids, when they come visit my grave, if they still do that in those days, and they talk about great grandfather or abuelo Alexander, they say that man left an impact on this earth. People knew him, People who knew him were changed and made better. That motivates me to get up out of bed. And my kids are part of that, living my life for them so that they continue to live life for themselves and it perpetuates generationally. Then that's what gets said about me later. And and that might sound, you know, conceited or big headed, but the reality is that that motivates me. And and I'm okay with that something that motivates me because I want to make, I want to have results. And so quick, we're so... Like, I, even if I were to ask you, what's your why? 
you're someone who's done a lot of self-development. You've someone who has worked in the space of literally making people's dreams come true, teaching organizations to allow a, a manifestation culture to thrive in their own workplace. So you are like queen of this, right? You got this down. And yet I bet you I can still drill down a couple more layers. And so I start, it doesn't matter where you're at, is asking questions, figuring out where they're at, what, what, what touches them. When they speak, are you listening, truly listening? And, 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 and when you're listening, you're hearing things. You're hearing the intonation of their voices. You're looking at their body language. You're seeing how their light, eyes light up during some things and how they might look down or be dejected when they say other things. And you're taking all this in. Our body's naturally doing this, right? This mm -hmm. is that's psychology. That's the psychology and the study of perception is how our biology takes in our psychology and makes these things, you know, reality in our brain. We're already doing it. I just figured out how to fine tune some of the things. So I'm in tune to some things where I can kind of touch upon. And then other areas, I know let's not delve in there yet, but we may have some work. And I'll say this, and I know I'm speaking uh, for a long time, but I did this with myself. I did a, uh, a really cool exercise with Joseph McClendon III. He's on stage at all Tony Robbins events. He's probably spoken to um, the second most amount of people outside of Tony Robbins himself. Incredible man. And he has us work through our perfect day, a, visual, a visualization of our perfect day. And everything around us is everything we ever dreamed. And then we go for a walk into a meadow and someone's walking towards us. And when we finally meet, it's the two-year-old version of ourselves. And we got to say whatever we needed to that two-year-old version. Well, I got to say the things that I needed to be healed. And not to say that in that one moment, everything was healed, but chains were broken. Healing began. And throughout that process of continual healing, continual self-development, I'm either that able now anecdotally to replicate the results that I've had because I've done it. I've literally walked through the fire. Oh my gosh. I think that's where you can totally feel the passion that you have when you've gone through something. It almost gives you that extra layer of needing others to experience that same thing. Cause you did it. You've been through that transformation and talk about a transformation. I mean, you lost 84 pounds and transformed your life. You're now a successful entrepreneur. So walk us through kind of what was that journey? Like, when did you make that decision? Like that decision point of, okay, I'm getting over these challenges. I'm not letting myself hold. I'm not holding myself back anymore. I'm taking a step forward and actually do the things you needed to do to like be on that journey of losing the weight and, and really changing your life. So I had literally zero intention of ever becoming an entrepreneur. That was not even I mean, it was in my vocabulary, obviously, but if you will, it wasn't in my, my, my vocabulary. I had a master's degree in psychology. I was working in higher education. I thought that that was the path for me. Um, and to be honest, I really did love what I, I loved working with college students. I loved helping shape uh, their future. I loved seeing the light bulb moment go off when they got a concept that we were trying to talk about in class. Like I loved it. I really did love it. I wasn't looking for another opportunity, but I was super unhealthy because I didn't necessarily love myself. And so we always have these moments, right? These moments in life where we say that we hit rock bottom. But really, if you ever heard Dan Clark or read any of his books, he, he, he always says that we don't ever hit rock bottom. We hit rock foundation. 
And so my foundation at that point was really low. So when life would come at me hard and bad things would happen, I would drop down to that really low foundation of self-medicating through food, alcohol, et cetera, right? So I'm at a low, low point in my life. My wife is pregnant with our second child. She's pregnant with our son. And we are at Bush Gardens because I live here in in, in the Tampa Bay area, Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida. And we're at Bush Gardens. And my daughter and my son are both little like daredevils. But at the time, obviously, he's in utero. And we had been waiting for my daughter to be tall enough to ride the specific ride. She finally was tall enough this time that we get there. We wait in line. We go to ride the ride. And the harness won't close over me. (laughs) I was so big. I was just under 300 pounds at that point. And I love being a dad more than anything. I love being an active participant in my dad and my kids' lives. And in this moment, as my four-year-old, who's now eight, is looking at me asking, Daddy, why can't you ride this ride with me? And I I don't have the guts to tell her that it's because Daddy's too fat to ride the ride. In that moment, the pain of staying the same became greater than the pain of change. Because one of my favorite quotes to say is that change happens when the pain of staying the same becomes more painful than the pain of change. Because change is hard. But in that moment, it was harder to be where I was. And so for the first time, I decided to do something about it. A couple days later, one of my very best friends calls me. He had been talking about this product on social media for a year and a half. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, that's not for me. He, I always jokingly say he was born a set of abs and then grew a head, two arms, and two legs. <laughs> so I was like, this is that product for like those guys. I'm not that guy, whatever. And so for a year and a half, I just kind of like brushed him off. So he texts me about something else. And I said, hey, I'm the unhealthiest I've ever been. I have no energy. I need help. I asked for help. And he said, meet me tomorrow. And the rest is history. But this is what where everything changed is that night, the next day I met him, I sampled the product. That night I'm going home and I stop at the Publix in downtown St. Pete off of 3rd and 3rd. And I walked in to get some groceries that we needed. And I decided to weigh myself. I hadn't weighed myself in over a year. And I decided for the first time in that moment, again, the pain of staying the same had become more difficult than the pain of change. I was the Oprah of yo-yo diets. I tried every diet, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. I'd always done it in secret because I didn't want people to see me fail. And so I already knew I would fail. And probably the reason I would fail is because I had no accountability. Isn't that funny how that kind of, so I weighed myself at Publix on Facebook Live. It was my first time ever doing a Facebook Live. It was my first time weighing myself in over a year. I knew I was going to be big. I didn't know how big. And you saw my reaction. That video ended up going somewhat viral. I had tens of thousands of views. And then I started every week weighing myself at that Publix on Facebook Live. My very first Facebook Live was weighing myself. My second Facebook Live was weighing myself. And I weighed that. I did that for six months every single Wednesday at 9 a.m. until I lost over 80 pounds. And the rest has been history. I've been able to build a big team uh, worldwide. We've been able to change a lot of lives collectively. The last time we did, we've lost a hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> Something wow. like that. Ridiculous. And so uh, it's been an awesome, awesome thing. And what I love about this, Kate, is that what I thought was the brake pedal of my life, what I thought would always hold me back from my future success, because when you're morbidly obese, you really hate yourself. And they're you, like, 
I promise you the thoughts aren't positive. I know that there's these people that love their body and God bless them. I still think that there is some, because you don't get to that point um, unless there's probably a little bit of psychological things that we got to work through. And that was definitely me. I suffer from general anxiety and depression disorder. And that is something that I have to battle every single day, even to this day. The weight loss and finding health and, and, and mental health has absolutely changed my life, but it's still a battle and I had to face it. And I was willing to for the first time. Wow. That's on, that's such a great story. Like with the best ending. And what I love about this so much, well, first of all, I'm so proud of you and you know that you're just, you're just so great. I I just, you're such a wonderful human and I'm so glad that we met. I love that you did this Facebook live and this kind of goes into the topic that we were talking about today, which was this start before you're ready. And when we're thinking about creating and putting things out into the world, you said two things, one accountability, and then you just like did it, right? Like you didn't know what was going to happen. You had no idea who was going to see this video. And that's not what mattered. What matters to you was I need to do this. This is I my next step. Even a customer. I had not yet even ordered the product. I had no intention of starting a business. I literally just did the Facebook live to be accountable And it's funny how sometimes God source the universe steps in and is like, hey, you might not pay attention because of the way you already think about yourself, but I have great things that you're already saturated all inside of you. You simply have to surrender to it. And he let this video, I I mean, the video went bananas. Like I had strangers, like it it transformed my life because I chose to weigh myself. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, uh, it's so cool. And this is, this is what I love to talk about when we think about putting work out into the world and, and, and it's getting, it's different today, right? Because now it's so easy. It's so easy to to get your phone out and, and do a Facebook live or do a YouTube live like we're doing right now, or do a podcast and share it, share your ideas. One of the things that I find really interesting, especially in like this, like TikTok culture is how many people share everything like it's crazy what people are sharing but it's those videos it's those messages that people really resonate with because it's stripping all of that ego away it's stripping all of those walls that say i shouldn't say this i need to be strong i need to be someone else and you're just putting it out there and that's what connects with people and that's why you're so good at what you do but talk about Like, so you did this video, you, from the outside looking in, you have no fear. I mean, it looks like you, you're a, you are a massive content creator. You put things out into the world. You do a lot of reels on Instagram. You're doing, I mean, we got to get into your podcast situation conversation, but you know, some things that you really want to put out into the world. And what do you share with people who are kind of stopping themselves from exploring their creativity, but from sharing the things that they really want to share in the world? That's a great question. And so ultimately it comes down to intention. Like what is your intention? If you have an intention to use your story and to really change lives. Okay, then let's talk about that because authenticity is going to be key. If you want to be on social media and you want to post your puppy pics, okay, then fine. Maybe it's not time to like get on an Instagram live and share the, you know, skeletons in your closet. 
But oftentimes, like you said, especially if you're trying to A, grow your social media, grow a business through social media, utilize social media as a marketing tool for your business, whatever it may be, authenticity, which is such a trigger word, like it's such a hot word, it's a buzzword right now in the space of social media, it's vital, it's important. However, it has to be genuine authenticity. So number one, I have a couple rules. So if you have past trauma in your life, I don't say you shouldn't share your trauma. Now you shouldn't trauma dump. That's something that's unhealthy for social media. So listen, when I get with someone, they're like, I just want to strip past. I want to open myself. I want to be myself. I want to show the world who I am. Okay, awesome. Let's talk about that. What does that look like? Because your goal is always in whatever you're creating, in my opinion, as a content creator, number one, across all platforms after Q4 at the end of 2021, all platforms pulled all of their, you know, not all of them, but whoever signed up, whoever filled out the survey about their app and 80% across platforms said that they're there for entertainment. It used to be even four or five years ago, 50-50, they'd get their certain types of pop culture news, whatever, and then some entertainment. Now, these social media apps, probably because TikTok came into, you know, really become a contender through COVID, people want to be entertained. But when they're entertained, this is how you can hook them, right? If you start sharing in entertaining ways the truths about you, the authenticity about you, and people hear me too, when they're listening. And, and, and I don't mean the Me Too movement. I mean, oh, I, uh, I love reading and I love uh, journaling prompts. And I'm one of those people. And you're like, wait a minute, that's me too. That's yeah. me too. That's me too. So it's sharing the authentic, authentic sides of you that there is a niche of people that would 100% go to. If you're someone that suffers, for example, from big toeitis, okay, well, there might be five people who suffer from big toeitis. It might not be the right thing to necessarily share, or it's not the main point of what you're sharing about. I have past trauma. Uh, this trauma shaped me for a long time. I had to work through that trauma. The reality is, is that for the majority of my life, that trauma was an open wound. And one of the things that I learned from Amberly Lago, who I love, and I've heard her say this multiple times, it's so much better to share your trauma from a scar than mm. from an open wound. And so when you want to get authentic, check, is this an open wound? And in turn, I might trauma dump. And yes, I might get some me too's, but you might also become someone's therapist, you know, unbeknownst to yourself, quote unquote therapist, you know, that you don't want to all of a sudden be listening to all these people's trauma because that could be tough. Or are you coming from a place where it's already scarred over and you're healthy enough to share and you're not sharing from a place of trauma dumping, but rather a, a place of related, a relatability that you can help someone work through. So it just comes down to the intention. Uh, I believe in authenticity. I had a friend on my team um, who she has a huge Instagram following, killing it, and she couldn't get a large live audience. And she'd see my lives. And I was at the time I was regularly doing lives. So I was getting a really big audience regularly. And she's like, why is it not working with me? I have a much bigger following, like blah, blah, blah. And she's stunning, perfectly coiffed hair. She gets a blow dried every Thursday, you know, everything like she has like the big old diamond that takes up half her <laughs> finger and a huge mansion on the water. I'm like, can I be honest? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, you're not relatable. You know, mm. and you show up in the $200 a week blowout and an outfit that no one can even afford, you know, to wear, come in in sweats, a t-shirt, your glasses, because I know she wears contacts and don't like wash your hair and it's really wild and curly. She does that. 
her live went bananas. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, look, look at, I don't want to say her name, but look what, how she looked. That's why they were coming to see. They saw the real side of her and they loved it. They related to her. They're like, you look so beautiful. She had no makeup on, you know? And sometimes it's when you're willing to come from a place of this is me and I'm yeah. imperfect. People relate. And that's the key. If the key is to relate, the key is not to trauma dump. Yeah. Uh, so when, when, when you use the phrase trauma, trauma dump, cause I know people kind of use that phrase. What, how do you know when you're Ooh. healed before you can get into those conversations? I think this, ask a quick, you know, internal check. Are you coming from a place of service or are you coming from a place of ego? Are you sharing what you're sharing because you want people to kind of feel bad for you? Because I'll be honest, when you have past trauma, it does feel good. When people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you suffered from that. Like there is a certain um, dopamine fix that you get. You know, that's why Munchausen and Munchausen by proxy are real things because people get dopamine hits by people actually paying attention to what you have to say. So I always say, am I sharing this trauma in a space of, I feel the call that this is going to help someone in here. And so I'm not doing it from a place of ego, but I'm doing it from a place of service. Or am I sharing this trauma because I want to have something to say? I want people to listen to me, blah, blah, blah. Think about, so Kate and I are blessed to be co-hosts on a platform called Clubhouse through the Breakfast of Champions. If you don't know what it is, look it up, search us, find us. We're amazing. And um, <laughs> I just had to say. And so, you know, how many times have people asked a question i mean gosh we've had this happen in the social media show where we're like does anyone have any questions on tiktok and someone's like hey i just like to you know i am someone and then all of a sudden you find out that they were raped they're homeless they're working on it and they're wanting to know is there a good way that they can incorporate all that in the tiktok listen you weren't asking about the tiktok at the end of the day you wanted you stepped into ego and god i feel horrible for that human you know that went through such a terrible thing they shouldn't have but is that the right time to speak about it? Probably not. You should maybe go to therapy, maybe talk to some close friends, share those things. That's an inappropriate time. And so if you take that quick ego service test, am I stepping into ego or am I stepping into service? It should stop you from trauma dumping, which is having to just relinquish all this stuff that you went through unnecessarily. Mm. All right. Can we... Get Pivot. into your what? Are we pivoting? Are we? Let's we're go. pivoting. We're pivoting. Okay, we're pivoting because you put me in the hot seat. So let's pivot and put you in the hot seat a little bit because. Oh, I love it. Alexander and I have talked a quite a quite a bit about him wanting to start a podcast yourself. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what this looks like. Why do you want to create the podcast? What's holding you back? What's stopping you? Let's let's get into it. Okay. So the reason I want to create it, so I'll give you the whys I want to create it. So first off, I love, I, I genuinely love, well, talking. <laughs> no, are you sure? That, that actually was like a moment of truth for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm actually going to go a little a step further. I like talking, but I love talking. I love interviewing. I think that interviewing is another really cool superpower of mine. I don't know why. I feel like I'm able to draw things out of people. I, it probably goes hand in hand into my ability to kind of discern, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love it. I love interviewing people. I, I, so I think I do a good job. I think I have lots of energy. You know, I'm not trying to sound like whatever, but I, I do. I like, I do. I think I would do a good job. Now, this is the thing. 
my schedule is hectic. So figuring out people that I have access to, which we're so blessed, Kate, with our Rolodex now to have some like incredible potential for podcast guests are also very busy people. I'm also a very busy person. So it's like, I don't want to chase people. That's something that I'm not interested in. So gosh, I feel like I'm going to sound whatever. Just scrub this in the end if it doesn't make me sound good. No, I sound no edits. No, but seriously, I don't want to chase people. And so I want, I, I want, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of scheduling out, seeing if I can think of, let's say how, well, let's come up with a number. Do you, do you say like a 10 episode season? How many episodes was your first season of your podcast? So we did, when we started, we did seasons and I started the podcast with, I had a co-host at the time. Okay. We started with seasons, but then after kind of getting into the podcast scene and asking a lot of podcasters, they actually recommended, why are you doing a season? A season is more like if you're like, I don't know, Brene Brown or something, and you want to do one season about courage and then one season about, you know, another topic or something. So I was learning more and more what podcasters were doing. And I, and um, the advice that I got was like, don't even do seasons, just like record and like do a weekly show. And so then like, um, so then I started thinking about it like that. And I did a lot of research on like Malcolm Gladwell, right? He does seasons. It's very intentional. Like this is this um, Adam Grant, same thing. I am not Adam Grant and I am not <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. So I look at it like I had for me, my goal, uh, or I just wanted to do the, a weekly show. And the goal for me was a weekly show for at least a year. I wanted to do one weekly show <clears throat> for at least a year. And it didn't matter to me about the guests because I, at first when we started the show, cause I had a co-host, we were just doing the show ourselves. And then we started incorporating guests. And now what I'm actually doing is <clears throat> in fact, yesterday, there was something that I wanted to share. And I was like, Oh, I could go live on Instagram or I could share it on my podcast. And so I did a really short mini episode because now I do guests. I have weekly guests. And then I thought, Oh, I'm going to do maybe these little short episodes. So it turned out to be like a six, no, it's a nine minute episode. And I just kind of was thinking through some things that I thought I, that was important to share that I thought that the audience, my audience would resonate with. And so I did this like little one-off show. So now it's like, fun because I'm using the podcast in different ways. Like if I didn't get a guest one week, I wouldn't not do the show. I would just do the show on my own and it would be a different format. So those are the, some of the thought processes that I have when I go through it. So for you, if you're starting one, do you start with season? Sure. If that's, what's going to get you to start it and you say, I'm going to do a, se a season of 10 episodes. Awesome. Do a season of 10 and figure out what you want, who the first 10 guests are going to be. Yeah. And the reason I, I was thinking that, because some of the podcasters I've talked to is they say that it helps to like dump them all in at the same time. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I've heard. So well, I'm when definitely going to start when you start for sure. They say that you, you should have like at least six episodes up so that when people listen to the first one, if when they it's love true. it, because they'll love you, they, you have, yeah. they have more that they can like listen to right away. Okay. So that's, so then, then second step, do you have a producer or are you doing all of that back end stuff on your own? So I do, I do it on my own. Um, again, starting the, a show with someone was really helpful because I wasn't doing everything on my own and he was doing more of the editing. But to be honest, Alexander, I think that the challenge is that most people don't, most people don't start 
because of all the tech stuff, because of the, I have to, I have to figure it out. And then I have to, exactly what you said, I have to produce, I have to edit it. What does that look like? And so when my um, co-host left, I was like, oh, now I have to do everything. And will I, it's almost like, can I hire someone to do the editing? Yes. But also it's not, I don't really edit that much. It really doesn't take me that long to, to get it up because I don't do, this is not like a highly produced, you know, how I built this kind of podcast. It's a, it's a very, um, it's just a very more of like an, I don't even want to say MVP, but like, you know, minimum viable product kind of a thing. That's how I went into it thinking like, what's, the, you know, what's that minimum viable product that I can put out that's going to be really powerful and impactful, but not like this super highly produced show. So I do it myself, but you could definitely have somebody that edits it. For me, it, there's such limited editing that it's not a big deal. And I listen to it again. So I just like, you know, put, put the show notes up. Did you intro outro? Did you create your own intro outro? Did you get those created? Do you even have them or what? I do have an intro. Um, and I, have music for the outro. Okay, cool. So you made me feel, I mean, I actually have an intro outro that's being made. I've actually taken steps towards this. I, I, what I think I want is I want to get my list of people that have committed to being on it. Mm-hmm. And then based on that also like, okay, so this is creative side of you. I'm so excited. Cause you're one of the creative people. I, I a title, I really want a great podcast title. Yeah. And Alexander Gonzalez, I love my name. I'm not diminishing at all, but it's, if you Google it, it's a, believe it or not, it's actually a very quite popular name. So it wouldn't like, and I love Alexander loves because that's like my thing. Right. And I also love not the fat dad because that's my Instagram. That's my website. That's all these things, but none of those like feel right for the podcast. And so it's, I feel like if I get my list of who my guests are going to be. And then I can say, okay, well, this is going to be more entrepreneurially guided, or it's going to be more, you know, woo woo spiritual, or it's going to be a combo. Like what, you know, am I, um, you know, from Wu Tang to woo woo, like what is the title that, you know, we're going to, I want a cool title. Yeah, no, I get it. And I am no, I am not the expert. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying, I'm thinking through my friend. So my friend, Adam, he, this is what he does for a living. He like teaches people how to get up their shows and everything. And so he talks about, you know, having an, um, having a title that just really speaks very much towards someone, which I think is awesome. Right. If you have a show that's very like, um, well, how I built this just came up again. Um, if you have something in that like very specific, like if you're teaching someone how to do podcasting or you're teaching online marketing or whatever, and I think a show name is, of course, important. But with your guests, like, I would think more kind of long term what you want the show to be. Not having, not having to look at your first ten guests. I would just think yeah. like, what do you want the show to be? And honest, honestly, and again, I'm no expert. I'm sure podcast expert be like, don't listen to her. She's wrong. But I do feel like when you're starting a show, it's about you want to when you think about what you want the show to be and look like and how you want people to feel afterwards, yeah, having a good show title, but I'm thinking about so many shows that kind of have gotten big and like their title doesn't necessarily say what the show is because there's plenty of people that just use their name. Not saying to like, 
In fact, I was encouraged by some people to like use my name. Like, why wouldn't you use your name? And I was like, no, I want it to be something more fun and recognizable. And, um, but my name, I feel is like too many syllables. Alexander Gonzalez. Like it's a lot of, but like something like maybe just even like, does anyone call you is, does everyone call you Alexander? Or does so he play so, Alex? Like, I always introduce myself as Alexander. Eventually, over time, the Xander falls off, and most people call me Alex. But in business, almost always, I go by Alexander. Um, yeah. On Clubhouse, I'm always Alexander. You'll notice, like, everyone always calls me Alexander. But, like, yeah. when me and Nate are talking on the phone, he'll call me Alex. But on Clubhouse, he'll call me Alexander. So it's, 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 I'm not sure. I, I love my name. I love the name Alexander. I love the name Alex. Like, actually, I, I genuinely love, I'm so grateful my parents named me that. One thing I was thinking, okay, so, no, this is, I don't like it. Never mind. I was, okay, so I just thought of this name ID. So I, obviously, Alex G, Alexander Gonzalez, wrapped in Al G, but not really Al G. See, no. Like algae. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like literally trying to think because like wrapped in love. Like I'm just oh. thinking. Like... I know. We're not going to come up with it on this, on this, on this, but gonna I'm, here. we're going to brainstorm it. We're going to brainstorm it out. That's what, when I, when we came up with this title, I still remember it was like pages of um, pages of names. And then one day we were like on the phone brainstorming together, just talking. And I was just like, Create for no reason. I'm like, create for no reason. I like that. I like I that. But like, for no reason. we were, we were <gasps> really thinking of what? Maybe I could be an offshoot of create for no reason, and it could be love for no reason. Ooh, love for no reason. <laughs> just because. Just because. Oh my gosh, that would be a funny. That would be a good name. Just because. Just because. That, just because with Alexander Gonzalez. Just because with Alexander. I think you can spin any, any, any show that you do. Cause see, these are the things, and I'm not saying this is what you do, but I think for some people that are listening, these are the things that stop us from doing the creative work that we're making. Oh my to gosh. Do, right? So much. We get stuck in that analysis by paralysis. Or oh yeah. Paralysis by analysis. <laughs> Little set it backwards. And, and that's a hundred percent been my block with podcasting. And the reality, and I was going to say to you earlier, when you did your nine minute podcast, you should have just turned on your phone and made it an IG live also. Like, why not? And, and yeah. that, that's actually what I would probably do is I would go live on my Instagram as I create. And I'm definitely, one thing that I'm for sure doing is having my mom as a guest. Because my mom Ooh. is like the most wise, incredible human ever, honest. Like, I'm not just saying that because she's my mom. She's like incredible. And her and I have like really cool energy together. Like, she's just... And she's like the best public speaker. My mom is so good. So I'm definitely going to have her, which I'm excited about. I might have my mom and dad because together. But if I, if I have my mom and dad, which is funny, my dad's the more outgoing, like social butterfly, talkative, blah, blah, blah. My mom's more reserved. In that scenario, she will be the domineering force. Like she will definitely answer more questions than my dad. Just like, oh, how funny. Yeah, she's a See? strong woman. I love her. That's the fun part about like having, having the podcast is like for, for, especially for someone like you who loves to interview, right? Like you get to create and you get to decide what it is. You get to come up with whatever it is. And then like, even the fact that you just said that, like you should have gone live. Totally. I should have, I don't know why I wasn't thinking it, but I, next time I will. Right. Cause like, it's all play. That's what I look at it. It's just all play. It's just 
putting stuff out, seeing what sticks, seeing what doesn't. Even now, like I'm on this new, like thinking about getting to a hundred episodes because I'm on episode about 57 right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get to a hundred quicker. So how do I do that? Well, I need to produce some more episodes and getting some out and, and also just kind of thinking through what they, I did that. We did that in the hot seat the other day when I was with you and you were, and people were talking when, when I was thinking I needed to kind of change the direction. So, um, but I think it's important to have these conversations, especially when I have someone like you on, because People like you, I think we can look at and think, oh, he doesn't have any reservations. He doesn't have any times where he's thinking, oh, I'm not going to do this or I shouldn't put this out. And he doesn't think through that because you're such an action taker. And it's really inspiring when you watch people take action on their dreams and what they want to do. And that's really how you show up all the time for yourself and for other people. Four, 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 four. Right as you stopped, I just had to say that. Um, <laughs> I was watching it, I was, and I said to myself, "She's gonna stop at forty-four, forty-four. I knew it, and you did. Oh so my god! Um, but this is the thing. I love what you're saying. So I put myself out there a lot. You know, I, 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 I let my freak flag fly, if you will. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not uncomfortable or nervous or have anxiety before I do it. It doesn't mean that when I'm doing a, a silly reel that I know I'm being judged, that I'm not cringing as I'm posting. Oh my right? gosh. This is what I think is the key. People are going to judge you. And I want anyone that's listening to this podcast to hear me, what I'm saying, because this is the best lesson I've learned. People, I, the one guarantee I have is that you will be judged. They're going to, whether it's a positive judgment or a negative judgment, even if they like you, that's a judgment. So 100% of the time you're going to be judged. I have decided a long time ago, a few years ago, that instead of being so fearful of that judgment in that moment when I stepped on that scale and went live, I was so embarrassed of what my, I was embarrassed of what my weight said. Like I was mortified that I shared it with the world. And there were times the very second week I weighed myself, there was a girl walking past Publix at, as I'm filming myself. And she said, for everyone on the live to hear, look at this fat ass weighing himself on a Facebook live. Real story, like real talk. That wow. happens to me. And you hear it. You see me. I quickly turn off the live. I, I, I literally am standing there like about to cry because there was a bunch of people on and they watch this person make fun of me. And I decided shortly thereafter when I kept doing it and I kept becoming every single time it was like a rip the bandaid moment, hit the live and weigh myself because I didn't know I wouldn't weigh myself in between. So I didn't know if I was going to gain or lose or I didn't know if the product was working. I didn't know. I felt better, but I didn't know. And I kept weighing myself. But what that did is it helped me build up so much armor that instead of being afraid, I know the judgment's coming. So I'm going to control the narrative and I'm going to give them something to talk about. And that's what I encourage all of you to do. If you're listening, control the narrative. They're going to judge you anyway. So make them judge you the way that you want to be judged. You know, you're, you're someone who... We're blessed that we get to share a lot of space together, but you know my reputation and it's a very specific reputation. I cultivated that reputation and I made sure that when I leave the room, I'm known for those things mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm controlling the narrative. I'm giving them what I'm going to talk, something to talk about. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, so it makes, it makes so much sense. And I also just want to throw in there that you are not for everyone. 
Right. You are not for everyone. Like people, we have to remember that it doesn't matter. Like you're never going to please everyone. You're never nope. going to have everyone love what you create or what you do, or what you put out in the world. Doesn't matter. Like I was at the, listen, you, this is a perfect example. I was at the grow your business conference that Glenn Lundy and breakfast of champions put on and I'm there. And if you guys ever come to a conference with me, like I'm that person, I'm going to sit in the front row. If they say to stand up and yell, yes, I'm standing up and yelling. Like I'm giving whoever's on stage, everything I got, I am playing full out. I understand that the, what you get out of the conference is what you put into the conference. I'm mm -hmm. talking about self-development conferences. So I'm doing, I'm running to be the first in line. I'm breaking through the boards. I'm breaking through the arrows. Like <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm cheering. I'm loving. I'm, I'm shifting the energy in the room. And I know that I have that responsibility. And so I own it. And so I'm here at this conference and that's how I'm acting. And then it was, I happened to be one of the speakers at this conference. I go and I give my keynote and I slayed. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it, ladies and gentlemen, I slayed. Like I was anxious. I was nervous. Here comes Brian Benstock giving me high. Over here is Grant Cardone literally waiting to go on stage after me. And I'm having this feeling like, and I just stopped and I was like, holy cow, I got this. This is my moment. And I stepped on that stage and I slayed. Well, after that, I was on stage and it was a break. This big old burly man comes up to me and he's like, I have to tell you something. He goes, from the moment I saw you on day one, I've been judging you. And I decided that you were not my cup of tea. And then you got on that stage and you showed me that I was wrong. The reality is you may or may not be someone's cup of tea, but if you're willing to step into your authenticity, eventually you might be their cup of tea, but they'll never know if they don't have a taste of who you are. Mm. And so whenever I'm showing up authentically and I'm I'm knowing that people are making their initial judgments and there's going to be a huge chunk because I think I'm bad and bougie. So it's going to be a huge chunk that love me. And there's going to be a smaller chunk that don't love me. But if I stay showing up authentically, some of that smaller chunk will eventually realize that there are aspects of me that are just like them because we are connected. We are all one. We are connected in this beautiful, in beautiful creation that we have a responsibility to be our best versions of ourselves because of that connectivity. And so when we realize that, that's beautiful, but you're right. From hello, they may not like you. And I'm okay with that. There's people that look forward to our, our um, segments every single week. And there's people who the second you start, not you, but someone starts speaking, they jump off. Yeah. I have certain segments. I, I, there's someone who set, who I think is a great person on breakfast of champions. And I like them as a human being and I cannot listen to their segments ever. I always jump off. I cannot I, like <laughs> three minutes into it. And I am like annoyed. I'm like, this is not for me. I can't stand this crap. I'm out of here. You know? That doesn't mean that I don't see a, a something that him and I can relate on as human beings. He's just not my cup of tea for listening to the way he speaks you know, or what he talks yeah. about. Or it doesn't, you know, that's okay. I'm not offended by that if people don't like me. So I, I'm not offended if I don't like people. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, everyone's like, who is it? Who is it? Um, so, <laughs> um, all right, Alexander, you're so great. I always ask my guests before they jump off to give the uh give our listeners a an exercise something that they can do in 10 minutes or less that's going to help strengthen their creativity muscle ooh their creativity muscle so i feel like everyone that comes on here probably says cuz you're such a writer so everyone's like brain dump get it all out okay i will say this 
I okay. Before I, I get, I'm gonna think about this for a second while I talk. I have said one of the things that I love about being in a space of creativity is I create. So one thing I've realized is when I'm starting to feel creative start creating, like take advantage. I'm in this state right now, so I'm going to create. So I have noticed certain triggers that have caused me to be in a state of creativity. So whether this is an exercise or not, this is something that I'm making up, but this is something that has, like I've noticed. So for example, this is really embarrassing, but I'm going to say it. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Actually, Say it, say it, say it. <laughs> okay, so on Netflix, there's a horrible guilty pleasure of a show. <laughs> what and is it's it? called The Hype House. And The Hype House follows these TikTokers like 18 to 22 year old TikTokers that are live in this mansion of a house in California that bang energy drink pays for, and they make content all day and they make millions doing it. I watched the whole season. It's, you know, not, we're not watching an Emmy winning performance here. Like there's nothing, <laughs> it is a train wreck of a show. However, for whatever reason, it would put me in a creative state. Okay. So the exercise that I would say is throughout your seven day week, start figuring out moments that you find that you tap into your creativity and it puts you in that creative state and see what triggered it before. I didn't watch that show thinking that it would make me creative, but every time I finished watching that show, I'd get into my office and I'd batch seven to 10 videos and it would put me in like an, a, in a, like a really fun creative state too, where I was willing to try some cool things and really tapped into it. So that was one example. There are other times that I'll be, for example, in our room on Wednesday nights, we host a room together, Kate and I, and I get off of that room and it puts me in a creative state. That space puts me in a creative space. I have a friend that's a huge influencer on TikTok, or excuse me, on Instagram, some on TikTok, but Instagram's his jam. When I speak to him, we tend to talk about social media stuff that's been worked. Like in part of our, like, how are you doing all this stuff? We also like to talk shop. That's a shop, you know, not everyone gets the influencer lifestyle and understands like talking about a reel or a TikTok. It sounds silly, right? Well, when you find someone that wants to talk about that, you talk, well, guess what? I get off phone with him. I am in a creative state. So my exercise is this over the next seven days, when you find yourself in a state of creativity, write down the trigger that what that prompted you into that state before. And then when you need to get in there, put yourself in that same position to activate your creativity. Mm, I love it. I love it. It's noticing. It's being in that state of noticing so you can put yourself in more of those situations to be creative. Oh my gosh. So, so good. Alexander. I'm very competitive. So was that the best tip you've ever gotten? Yes or no? I think it's a yes. I just, <laughs> for the people that aren't watching this don't understand our, like, this is how we talk to each other. We're just being funny. <laughs> we're super sarcastic. We both went to Florida State and we're um, fraternity and sorority people. And we didn't know each other, but we could have, we could have, we could have. Um, we did kind of know each other because we did find out later on that Alexander uh, did come to my sorority house and serenade me with a group of these I did. I did. I did do that. So I did do that. So I also went to a KI, K, uh, a, uh, well, I don't want to say your sorority. I don't want to like give out too much information about you, but I also went to a, um, I went to a couple date functions and a semi-formal. A semi-formal, oh, a date function that was at the late night library. Do you remember that? Oh, one? late night library. If you guys went to Florida State, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Hashtag, you know, you know. <laughs> yes, we're going viral. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope that, hey, you know what? It was worth the wait, right? Absolutely. Incredible. I mean, I'm so happy for you.
<laughs> Guys, this is <laughs> no, but seriously, it was fun. I, I, I really did just feel like I was having a conversation with a friend, which we were. You we know, were. that's what it was. That's, that's exactly that's what, we what were it is. So this was awesome, and uh, I'm excited for. You know, I'm excited to see hopefully this lands and this resonates with a lot of people. In fact, I, I'm going to change my language and state that I believe that the work that we did here the last 56 minutes, uh, you know, changed lives. And that is what excites me. Even if it's just mm. one nugget, even if it's just, you know, something that pushes you to go do something, something that helps you tap into your creativity, something that helps you put a smile on your face, whatever yeah. it is, I know that we did it. And so that makes me happy. I know, I know, I know. A thousand percent you're so great and um we'll do it you know what we'll do it again we'll do it again Done. one day Done. Done. <laughs> uh, alexander is so great i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope that something that you heard has inspired you to create something or to push yourself a little bit you know one of the things that i just love about alexander is just this energy this passion that he has for really helping people live up to their full potential, to do the things that they really want to do, the, the creative pursuits, their endeavors, their dreams, their passions, their goals, to discover what their superpower is. You know, it's so great when we have someone in our life that, that sees our superpower, even when we don't, even when we don't recognize it. And when we have someone that gives us that tough love, like Alexander does to his friends, you know, whether it's a, a coach or a colleague or a friend, or a stranger that just pushes you, that pushes you to become the person you know that you're meant to be, to become the person you see for your future self. And so I hope that for you, I wish that for you, you got something out of this episode. So give a shout out to Alexander over on social media. And what's fun, a little fun fact, I, I didn't even share this in the intro, but we did that episode on YouTube Live. So talk about the creative process. Um, I've decided to do some of these podcasts on YouTube Live because why not, right? Why not be creating on multiple platforms and just kind of seeing what happens? And uh, it was fun. So I'm going to be doing more of those. So if you if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, you can go check that out at katevolman.video. It, it easily gets you there and uh, come join us. They're going to be sporadic, so I can't give you the, the day and time. But, you know, you can go check out some of my other videos, too. Um, all right. Thank you so much for listening. You're awesome. I so appreciate you. I really hope that I, I just hope that if there is anything that you learned uh, or discovered in this podcast episode or in in previous episodes would love for you to reach out to me over on instagram send me a message I, I love hearing about the takeaways that people get from the show so please connect with me over there let me know what you're liking about the show and hey until next time go create something